You are listening to the Red Roots Podcast. Buenos dias, buenos dias. <laughs> Good morning or afternoon, whenever you listen. As you can clearly hear, there's no one else here. It's just, it's just me today. It's like Simon's in Santa Cruz and Melinda had a bunch of stuff to do at the house. And it's the beginning of the year and, you know, stuff, there's a lot of stuff to do. Finishing off the last year and starting a new year. So it's just me. We didn't do a podcast last week. It was kind of taking a, uh, we were kind of taking a break, a uh, holiday break. There's a lot going on and stuff like that. So we took the week off and then I promised myself I would come back today. Not that I dread doing it, but it's, you know, it's just hard after when you have other stuff going on. But I promised I would come back to do it, and here I am, committed, alone, but committed. <laughs> uh, it's it's going it's gonna to be weird, because I'm doing this by myself. But I started off like this. We started off the first, like, three episodes, I think, I did by myself. So, um, <laughs> it's, so I'm used, it, it's weird, because the other two are, Melinda and Simon are, you know, they help with filling out the different stuff, whatever. So, I have to do that by myself this time. So, it's weird going back to that, but it'll be good. But what I wanted to do is um, take advantage of this monologue, so to speak, and um, <laughs> go into, uh, just do a review of 2019, of what happened, and um, what we're expecting for 2020 this year as well. I will refrain from using the phrase 2020 vision. We, uh, <laughs> we, had, a, we had a conversation about that a while back on the podcast, and uh, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of it online and stuff, so I'll stay away from it. But um, that's literally what it is, and it, it's our vision for 2020 and stuff, and so... Um, but yeah, 2019 was uh, was a, a very interesting year, uh, in a good way. In a good way, it's just you know I, I mentioned pivots last week, uh, like uh, pivots in ministry about you go to do one thing and you have to kind of pivot and adjust. And it's not changing, but it's pivoting and, and making space for uh, in the for doing something else in order to make room for uh, for what you want to do in the future. Um, and so you know things that are unexpected, but it you know it's a pivot. And so. In 2019, we kind of took a pivot. When we first came to Trinidad, it was uh, 2017. So yeah, it marked two years we were here in 2019. So the first year, so September 2017 to September 2018, we were kind of just getting our feet wet and kind of getting to know the place and getting our house together. And um, getting, we got a ministry office and stuff put together. And we started some programs, um, some outreach programs for... Um, we did basketball, we did a music program and, and stuff like that, stuff that we want to go back and do in the future. Um, but we started off doing that stuff and uh, we were doing it. And th- those programs were going really well in 2018. And, um, you know, I, if you follow on Instagram or, or you, you know, get the newsletters or updates or some of the video, whatever, um, you saw that how some of the things went, it went really well. And um, but if the goal of all this stuff is discipleship and the goal is to bring people to Jesus, we just saw the need for. Um, a stronger church, a stronger and healthier church. And we also saw that our, our church that we went to, that we attended, was struggling at the time. So we said, oh, we'll dedicate a little bit of time. And, uh, you know, me, my, uh, me what is it? Melinda, Rudy, and, and myself, we sat down and I um, just had this conversation about getting more involved in the church. And so we made a decision, well, okay, we're going to take a step back kind of from other things, from the community work, to build the church up um, a little bit stronger. There's a pivot right there, right? So we pivoted towards the church so that it could be stronger, so our community programs could be more effective in the long run. And um, 
So we wanted them to be more effective in the long run in, in, the ter- in the terms of spirituality and discipleship and just longevity and, and spiritual longevity, I guess you can say, and, and having a community to when we do reach kids or we do reach people, we have a place to be able to invite them back into. And so um, well, we wanted that to be a safe place, we wanted to be a secure place and a place where people can grow and be loved and be, be corrected as well and, you know, all this other stuff. We wanted it to be that. And so, um, so that's what we decided to do. So we started that, and we were helping out here and there, and into 2018. Um, it comes 2019, and uh, we made. Th- there was another missionary here in 2018, and his name is Craig, and uh, his wife Amanda, and um, they actually made the decision to move on um, to Santa Cruz, and another city in Bolivia, and so they moved on, and so that left a leadership um, hole in the church, and um, they asked me to be an elder at the church. Um, Everything inside of me said no, oh, except, well, everything in my head said no, and possibly my body as well. I just, I just didn't want to do it. That's not what I came here for. I came here to do community work. I came here to be um, somewhat free to be able to reach and, and, and speak with people in the community in, in, my, in my current, in my, in my uh, state of mind at the time. That's the way I saw it. And um, that's what I want to do. I didn't want to get involved in, in church stuff. We had been working in church stuff before, and I was just kind of done with it, and uh, yeah, I was just out. But in 2019, um, I was asked to be an elder, and then somehow I said yes, um, in spite of wanting to say no. Uh, I don't know, it's just crazy how stuff happens, but that's what happened. I said yeah, and so then we took steps from there, and so I stepped further in the leadership. Great, I'm an elder, and so we worked together. To do, actually, that was the end of 2018 that that happened. And so, um, and, and so at the, at, also during that time, I started, I was already helping out with preaching. I was doing once a month preaching. We were on a rotation. All the elders and leaders were on a rotation with preaching. And so there was five people and they were rotating on preaching. And that way, you know, you preach once every month or once every five weeks or whatever. And um, we had a meeting and um, we had a leadership meeting. And I just mentioned, I said, you know, I don't, I don't know how well this is working out with five preachers. I think everybody's doing a good job. But to be long term for this to be, a, this is not a long term solution we need someone to preach more consistently and um, to, to kind of preach in a line better. Because if we were preaching through James, uh, for example, we preached through James, and it was it, everybody's message was good. That's not the problem, but they didn't go in a line. They didn't connect. And so it was just a bunch of, it was kind of a hodgepodge, and it wasn't anyone's fault. It was just, um, it just wasn't working. And so I suggested that in a meeting, and I wasn't thinking anybody particular. And another guy, um, he said, you know, I was thinking the same thing. And I actually, you know, uh, I already have a suggestion, and I'm like, okay, who's he gonna say, you know? And he's like, you, I think you should do it. And I said, uh, not too sure about that. I don't think that's the, you know, the way it's supposed <laughs> to go. And uh, another guy said, yeah, it was Rudy, I think, and he, you know, he said, uh, he said, yeah, I, he said, I agree. I think I really think you should take over the preaching. And uh, another guy, he said, you know what? I, I like preaching. I enjoy it. I want to grow in the area, but I, I never have to preach another sermon in my life if you agree to preach or I'll be fine to preach not not preach another sermon in my life of this church if you if if you agree to preach so I think you should do it uh, my vote is for you and so everybody anyways it, it went on like that so everyone uh, voted for me to do it but it's still I am not a person that is swayed by the masses I just, I'm just not gonna there's a thing here they do a birthdays and they sing happy birthday and then they say uh they 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 start like what is it, chanting, I guess, like, bite the cake, bite the cake, bite the cake, more or less, that's the loose translation of it, like, bite the cake, bite the cake, 
because they want you to take a bite out of the cake, put your face down, and you know the every never fail. You put your face near the cake, and someone pushes the back of your head. Ha 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 ha! Every single time, every year. And so, uh, one time I had a birthday party, and everybody was screaming like, "Bite the cake!" And I just I wasn't gonna bite the cake. I didn't want to bite the cake, and so I wasn't gonna do it. My point is, is I'm not swayed easily by. Everybody, oh, everybody said it, so I'll do it. And I don't think that's a good excuse to take on a preaching role either. I think that's a little bit uh, irresponsible maybe to say, oh, well, I'm just doing it. And it's a convenient excuse as well. Oh, I'm just doing it. Everybody wanted me to do it and kind of an ego booster and whatever. And so I, you know, I just kind of thought even in that moment, I thought, okay, I'm only going to do this if I want to do this. Not if I'm not afraid to do this. Not if I think I'm capable and the best ever to do it. Not that. But if I, I need to make a decision of if I w- make a decision to want to do this or to not want to do this, so that's the decision I need to make. And I talked to my wife and whatever, and you know, obviously, and um, Melinda, and I, so I went and talked to her, and we had a conversation about it, and she gave me a vote of confidence as well. Um, I didn't feel secure in the role, um, however, I felt it was the right thing to do. It was a new thing for me. I, not the right thing to do, but I felt like that was the right thing for me to do. I felt like that's the direction I was supposed to go in, which was weird because I came here for community work. And now I'm an elder, I'm a teaching pastor or teaching elder, whatever you want to say at the church. And it's like, all right, so <laughs> where is this going? You know, but I, so once I committed to that, I said, OK, we're going to commit to this and we're going to we're going to do this well then. And we're going to build the church up. So the other missionary left 2019. Other missionary leaves. Uh, Simon is coming in in February. I have no idea who Simon is at this point. Like, I know that he's coming, but I know nothing about him. I don't know him. I don't know what his mentality is. I don't know if he's going to come and he's going to flame out in two months, or I don't know if he's going to come. And I, don't, I have no idea what his struggles are. What, like, I have no idea. And so I wasn't really counting much <laughs> on because I just didn't know. Not because he's, a, he's great, obviously. He turned out great, and you know that. He's on the podcast and everything. But I had no idea. And so we made a decision to continue on with the church, and we're just going to build, build it from, not from the ground up, uh, but just, there's a lot of changes that need to be made. So we started off 2019, I'm just kind of analyzing our church. And I said, okay, well, I still want to do community center. I still want to do outreach. I still want to do village ministry and stuff, all that stuff. But in order for us to do that stuff uh, long-term and for it to be kingdom, for maximum kingdom effectiveness, if that's a phrase, um, the church has to be strong. So we com- pretty much committed in 2019, we're going to build this church in silence. There's no really, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot to talk about as far as, you know, there wasn't a lot to share about this year because it was all essentially behind the scenes and a lot of personal stuff, a lot of building people, a lot of personal stories and a lot of, a lot of victories. There, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, but I just didn't feel comfortable talking about and sharing people's testimony with that. It's just not mine to share, you know? Um, and so anyways, we, we committed to doing that. So I took a deeper leadership role. I'm over the preaching now, and um, I'm an elder, and so with our leadership, we're, we're not just looking to make changes for the sake of making changes. I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of gimmicks and, and things like that at all. However, um, we, we chose to analyze uh, everything because it wasn't, that, that's the, the elephant in the room is it's not working. What we're doing is not working. We know that the gospel works. We know that Jesus, God's word never returns void. We know that Jesus is enough, but if Jesus is enough, uh, there's a miss then because what we're doing isn't enough. And there's people that come to church, but no one is growing. People aren't growing. Uh, a few people gave their life to Christ in that year, and that's good. But the, the growth from the mature believers was I don't, there was something wasn't right. And I still don't know what it was. But so we started analyzing every program. 
So we had a program, and it's called Oana. I think uh, some people have heard of it in the States. It's, uh, it's called Oanza in Spanish, and it's a Bible memorization program. Um, <clears throat> it's an outreach program. They come and they play games, and they teach the kids to memorize Bible verses. It's a great it's a great program. I have no issue with it. But for us, we saw um, a lot of kids memorizing Bible verses, but not fully understanding or even being interested or presented with the opportunity to know who Jesus is. So I think I think Awana is meant to be complementary to your children's program that you have. The problem is we didn't have a children's program. It was just Awana, and so we're bringing in kids from the from the from the neighborhood, which is great. And they were memorizing Bible verses and doing the competitions of, of scripture memory verses. And, and again, I'm not demonizing Awana. It's just the way that we were doing it. We, we weren't set up for that to have long-term success. And so, um, but it was kind of a, a Awana had, had deep roots in our church and something that had been going on for years. So I didn't, I didn't want to suggest like, hey, cut this off because I just got here. I'm the new guy, you know, whatever. But actually someone else, uh, one of the older leaders that's been here since the beginning, he suggested, hey, maybe we should stop doing um, Awana. It costs us money. We don't have a lot of money as a church. Um, and honestly, the results that, that we, the desired results just aren't there right now. And so maybe we should cut back Awana. And, you know, I was joyed, overjoyed, not because I hate it. And also it was using up our volunteer hours because it became, it's, it's and not just in our church, it's such a big thing in all the churches in Trinidad is they do, they do Awana and everybody do the competitions in between the churches and you go and some of the churches, whoever runs it is pretty much, they cheat the whole time they cheat on the point. It's, it's absurd. That's another reason we wanted to pull out. It's like, we're not going to participate in, in something like this. Not because we, we lost, actually we won. Um, but it just, just the silliness and the level of competitiveness that goes, it just gets ridiculous. And so we, we don't want to be a part of the games and all this other stuff and, and feed into that culture and that mentality and whatever. And so, um, that's when, but overall, it costs us a lot of money to do every year, and the, and the results weren't there. The effectiveness wasn't there. So we cut that, and we said, in, 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 in place of Awana, we want to start our own uh, children's program. We don't have children's church. So the children, for whatever reason, it was decided years ago that eight and under was the, eight was the magic age that you could sit in the service. And, you know, I know people disagree and agree on this or whatever, and kids need to sit in the service, kids need to sit in the big church, or kids need to go in little church, whatever, it doesn't matter. One, one thing to understand about our church is 90% of the kids that come to our church come without their parents. So that whole idea of kids need to sit in the big church with their parents is not a realistic idea for us because there are no parents. So you have 35 to 40 kids from the neighborhood who are going to come who don't have church experience, who are not, don't have Christian upbringing, who are sitting in the service, and um, that's it, that, there's no one specifically to be able to correct their own children. As if you, if you say, "Oh, kids need to sit in the big church," and you re- we have all these articles and all this, which is great. I don't have an issue with it. That's your, they're your kids, and it's your choice. But um, also understand that every kid doesn't come with their parents, so that's not a realistic thing. Especially for so for us, the kids that were eight and under, and again, the, the people that it was basically children's care, so they would just go out and let the kids color for the service or whatever. And so I'm, for me, why are we bringing kids on Sunday just to color and not do anything pro- more productive with them? You know, that was my kind of que- line of questioning, uh, trying to understand and figure it out. And then why is it eight and under? You know, I just didn't understand why, why that age, because that means, that means Jolie and Jalen and everybody their age, um, they're my kids. But for them to understand what I'm teaching, they can understand it, yeah, but for, it's going to be tough. 
and my, my biggest fear is, was for all the kids in our neighborhood to develop a callous towards church, to learn how to sit through a long sermon and a long message and a long preaching and just like go numb. And just really, because it becomes a habit, you can, you can learn to just exist in church for the hour and a half or two hours, however long your church service is. Um, there's some, of, some people that are adults that are 55 years old, they do that. They go and they just blank out for 30 minutes and then they go and eat. No big deal. And that's not what we want. We don't want church to be just a place you come and check the box and you attended. Oh, but look, I attend. We don't want it to become that. We want it to be a, we want it to be a place where people can have a true encounter with Jesus on their level, in their language, you know, whatever. So for us, we made a decision. We want to invest in a kids program. So we want to have a children's church program. And so we set it up. We didn't have a lot of people with experience on that level, but, you know, we just uh, we decided to go for it. And um, I mean, you got to start somewhere and invest in the kids that come on Sunday. And then later down the road, possibly uh, see about uh, bringing back Awana as an outreach on another day. But um, starting again, starting at home and having a home base, a place to you know teach kids about Jesus and um, and really connect with them and, and really start the process of discipleship, I guess you can say, uh, with them. Instead of um, having an outreach program with no follow up, so to speak. And so we started the children's program and it started off, you know, as always, it started off kind of rocky, but it did start. And that's the important thing. It started off kind of rocky, but it started. And um, so we had the children out in their own context, uh, getting, uh, you know, obviously Christ centered messages and so on and so forth, playing games and, you know, doing not just playing games, but definitely playing games as well and doing that. But so they were coming in for worship. And they're in worship, and then they would leave after worship. And um, so we, well, yeah, so we, it came a point to where some of the kids that were coming became, started becoming disruptive during worship. It just became playtime, running around, fighting each other, playing. And it was just, and we have a lot of new Christians, first generation Christians in our church. And so it's already a struggle to, to, to practice freedom in worship and to understand that it's something we're trying to grow into. And then you have distractions everywhere. And I'm not just calling kids distraction, but it was just distracting. And so we made a decision um, with the leadership made a decision that um, we're going to start children's church from the beginning till end. And they're going to do because we want kids to learn about worship. We don't want them to just think it's oh, it's just the singing before before we go to children's church. Oh, it's just the time we sit in. So we, like I asked the kid, what do we what do we do at church? He said, well, we go. We, uh, we, we wait while they sing, and then we go to children's church. And he, he nailed it, because that's exactly what happens. And so, you know, kids were sitting down, just looking at each other. Again, these are not our children, so it's not like they're being taught in the home. So we said, okay, we want them to be able to learn about worship, too, and why we come to church. We want them to understand that, not just be told, but to be, experience, to be able to experience that. So we made a decision to change the children's pro- church program, which is 25-minute difference of, of, the, um, of the program or whatever. So we made a decision. And um, we shared it with the children's church leader. Oh, and all hell broke loose. It was like, oh, that's too much time. We're talk- we went from 30 minutes to 50 minutes, basically, or 55 minutes-ish. And it was like, it, all hell broke loose. It was, and then, you know, just big things started. This, you know, and then kind of uh, some, pe- some people rose up and decided they wanted to try to uh, take control. And um, some of the adults that were working in children's ministry, I'm sure most of you leaders and pastors have never seen this stuff before, but... They decided they were going to rise up and they were going to um, they were going to go against it. And we're not going to do it. We're going to do what we want. And kind of mutiny, I guess you can say, against the church leadership. Well, they demanded a meeting with the church leaders. Hey, you know, no, with me, you don't got to demand a meeting. Just ask and I'll, I'll be there. It's no big deal. Um, so for whatever reason, other leaders couldn't make it. So it was just me. And so it was just me. And I went in and um, there was probably 10 children's church workers. 
and they, they had had a secret meeting before. And some of these guys are teenagers. And um, so they had a secret meeting before and they shared their views and they tried to get all on the same page. And they had already made a decision that they weren't going to do this. They weren't going to go from the beginning to end. And there was a, a plethora of reasons that honestly they didn't make sense. But I just, you know, I just went in the meeting and I said, you know, there's a vision that's bigger than what we all want and than what we all see. And, you know, there's some different things went back and forth. And I explained our point of view and what we want to do. it. And the long and the short of it is I, I said, well, this is what we're doing. This is the direction we're going as a church. And um, it, it came out that there was one lady that she had been running around telling people that if they change it, I'm not participating. I'm out. And so she was furious in the meeting because, you know, just she was talking all this. And then it came to the point. And, uh, you know, I, I, somebody said something about, well, we don't want to do it like that. I said, look, this is the direction the church is going. If you are in disagreement with, with it, you are, you are free to disagree. Absolutely free. We're not paying you to be here. You're volunteers. We're, we're grateful that you're here. But just as you came, you can also leave. You don't have to leave. So, but let me know today who all staying and who all's going so that we can, we can build up a new children's church program. That's, that's exactly what I said. No hard feelings. You do what you want to do. And that kind of took everybody aback. Because the, the, the way things work here in church culture, specifically in Bolivia, is it, that people try to make it work. Is if you have a problem, um, you find all the people you can and you try to get them on your side. And then you confront the leader. And that doesn't... It just, again, I'm not swayed by the masses. It doesn't affect me at all. Like, it just doesn't. And I'm not, I'm, it's not a, it just doesn't. I don't know why. I'm, I'm, gr I'm glad it doesn't, honestly, but it just doesn't. And so that, all that talk about, all the idea of getting everybody together, it didn't work. It flopped. And so there was some, so the adults, not all of them, but a few of the, there really three of the adults got really mad and they were going to quit and whatever. And then they were telling people that children's church program isn't going to last and blah, blah, blah. I, I don't care about any of that. I want the kids to know Jesus. That, honestly, that, that's my focus from the beginning. I want kids to know Jesus. I don't care about my happiness in this sense or anybody, you know, whatever. It's what's best for the kids and what's best for the adults and the new believers in, our, in, in the service as well. And so we continued on and some, um, only three people stepped down. And then some of the, um, all the teenagers, who, they continued that were serving in children's church ministry. They continued. Uh, we needed a leader, though. And that's where Simon stepped in. Simon really took a step up and was like, you know, I'll take this on. Um, I, I can do this and blah, blah, blah. And he did, man. He knocked out the park. And um, so he got everything reorganized. He took some of the, really, I mean, honestly, he took the old plan and saw, he, he, he determined that it wasn't effective. He analyzed, wasn't effective. And he made a new plan from scratch. And he, I mean, he has his office in here and, and with my office and Rudy's office. And he was in here and working hard and developing a plan. And he got that going and he built it from the ground up. And it's successful now. So it's growing children's church ministry. So every week there's more kids. We're at the end of the year now. Kids are on vacation. So it's like it's kind of down or whatever. But um, the kids love it. The kids love it. They're growing. They're learning stuff and, and you know, and doing that. So that's one thing. That's a, that's a big change that we made. And then we had to deal with the fallout with the leaders of that. And so um, there's a couple people, two people that are still mad. Everybody else is good now and have gotten over it. And honestly, I've seen the results in the kids and I've seen the results in the, in the church as well with the adults. And have, you know, just saw that, oh, it wasn't the best decision for us. And so, you know, we've moved on. There's still some people and there's still some wounds that need to be healed. Again, it, whatever there's a place to be offended, somebody's going to get offended. That's just part of it, un unfortunately. But so that's something we dealt with. That's a, that's a change we made. We also, we added a breakfast. We want to do breakfast as an outreach to our community. We live in a poor community, as I've stated multiple times in other podcasts and videos and newsletters, whatever. Um, we live in a poor community. And so we wanted... Um, 
just to have an opportunity for people to be able to uh, spend time together before church started, but also meeting a need, um, mostly for the kids. They don't, they're not eating breakfast at all um, on most days. So they get to come and have breakfast. And even if it's bread and boiled egg, whatever, it's something, it's sustenance, and they can put it in their body um, to be able to continue today. So we started, we, we added breakfast before church. And so we give a free breakfast to anyone who comes at 930. Our church started at 10. So, yeah, I'm done the preaching now. So I changed. Uh, the preaching was going for uh, with, with the last pastor that was at our church from an hour and five minutes to an hour and a half ish. That's what the message was being. Again, there's a lot of first generation Christians and people. So I, did, I, I don't see the need for, for it to be that long. I shortened it down to about uh, 25 to 30 minutes is how long I do a sermon. I'll go over a little bit sometimes just depending on what it is, but I try to keep it around 30 minutes. Um, the preaching, there's not much I can't say in 30 minutes. There's not many passages or, or um, ideas or concepts, biblical concepts that I can't cover in 30 minutes. So we, we, we uh, changed that. Um, worship, we changed Melinda, stepped in. Rudy stepped in. Worship, Rudy plays the bass. Um, we stepped in and worship has completely transformed. Uh, now Rudy's little brother is, uh, plays the keyboard. He's, he's learning still, but he plays, you know, basic chords and stuff with the music. There's another kid named Lucas. He plays the guitar. And... Um, and uh, so, uh, who else? There's another person. Oh, there's another kid named Joao who learned how to play the guitar through our music program, as well as the, the keyboard player, the guitar, and both guitar players learned how to play their instrument through our music program, at least the basics. And so they've been building on that, and they're playing. And Melinda sings, um, and Rudy plays the bass. And so that's what we have as a band. But our worship has changed. We have a worship team. It's a solid worship team as far as commitment level. Um, we have a lot of room to a lot of room to grow and get better, but definitely. Um, growing in our understanding of worship before it was kind of like I don't want to say spontaneous but more or less it was spontaneous uh I don't know it was just different and um so we sing you know more songs we take into account the words that we're singing in the songs and things like that now and and um I don't know we've seen the participation level at least on the singing basis and worship go literally uh a thousand percent increase a thousand times so people really participate really sing during worship which is a big deal to me um I think a church that doesn't worship is a church that might not be a church, you know. Um, anyways, so we have that, and uh, so, we, you know, so we, we've built worship basically from, kind of started over from the ground up. So it's a rebuilding year. We did a lot of rebuilding and stuff this year, and um, not because things were terrible here, terrible. It just, there was some things that didn't fit, and some things that may have fit in the past, but maybe the time ran out on them. We, we had a Bible study that I think the content was good, but for whatever reason, um, it just, it, people weren't going, they weren't participating. They, it, and it had kind of a, I, I don't know why, I, again, there's a history there somewhere, but so, for some reason people had a, a negative point of view on the Bible study, at least on some parts of it. And again, I don't know why, but we decided to, to uh, table that for now. And we do want to get back to Bible studies, but for now we tabled it because this is the thing is when I say prayer meeting or Bible study, a lot of people cringe at those words. They don't want to go automatically. But why is that? We've, we've ruined, not just our church, but as, as a church as a whole, we've ruined the reputation of Bible studies and, and prayer meetings. It's supposed to be good things and not things that you have to do. Oh, I got to go to Bible studies. It's not that. So we wanted to kind of uh, step away from that for a while so we can kind of rebuild the reputation of, of those meetings in the future. And so we kind of cut everything down, all the, all, like really up down to Sundays. And so we're going to build from Sundays and, and relationships on. And so that's kind of what we've been focusing on, what we focused on this past year in 2019. And so it was a, um, it was a, it was a gritty year. Like, you, you know, you just get your feet 
you get up to your shoulders in the mud and you're just going to work. You're just going to, you know, you just got to work it. And that's the way life is sometimes, as everybody knows. Um, but it was that t- type of year for us. And it was totally worth it, right? But it wasn't, there wasn't really anything big to share, any type of sexy ministry going on. But um, it's definitely necessary to establish a firm foundation or, or uh, what is it called? Uh, yeah, foundation is what it's called. Yeah, firm foundation in our church so that we can move forward. So going forward, we can we can advance and be be effective. So we can have gospel effectiveness in the community instead of just having a full church and a, and a lot of programs. We want those to actually be effective. And so we kind of started from the ground and started building up. And so we did make changes that we did make changes this past year, but they weren't changes like preferential changes necessarily. They were changes we saw as necessary. And so, but this year in 2020, we're at the place where we can make preferential changes. And we can start to do outreach and stuff like that. And so we, I just yesterday I just uh, talked about our vision for this year and what is our vision for this year. And our vision for this year is we want to um, really rebuild the uh, reputation of the church. We want to rebuild uh, the church uh, wherever you go, pretty much in the world, especially for this side of the world, has a uh, negative connotation. People have a bad idea of what church is, and some of it is is deserved, and some of it is not deserved. Um, like, for instance, abortion, if, if there's the idea that that means that we don't respect women's rights and blah, blah, blah. Look, if, 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 if supporting abortion means we don't respect women's rights, well, I guess we don't respect women's rights because we're not going to support abortion. Now, we do respect women's rights and other things. But we don't support abortion. We never will. So if that's what you want to take and run with that, then that's, that's fine. That's fair. I mean, it's really unfair, but that's a fair assessment that you, if you want to base it on that, if you call it that, then we just see it differently. But that all Christians are hypocrites and that all they do is this and they don't love people and all this other stuff and they preach this and they do this and you know that that's not what we want people the way we want people to see us now we don't want to live to please people but that's just not what the church is about and so we want to just get back to the roots of what church is about we were talking in Romans 12 um how he's just talking about love and action and what that looks like and so that, that's basically our, our passage for this year is we want to get back to loving one another is our first step. Uh, love one another. So we're going to start we're launching small groups next month in our church. And we'll probably just start with one and then kind of try to grow up from there. But we're launching small groups this year. Um, we want to grow re- our relationships in the church. And um, Sunday morning, there's no time to, to really build real and, and uh, meaningful relationships there. So we want to uh, form a place where people can um, actually connect with one another and can have uh, like just can have fellowship, but also not absent from the word of God. But it's it's not going to be a mimic of Sunday morning, right? It won't be oh we're going to sing worship and we'll be preaching. No, it want to be a conversational, um, a conversational environment to where people can kind of share. They come to share and they come to receive. You can kind of do both or whatever. So you can participate in the conversations that are gospel centered, Bible centered uh, conversations. But you can also receive and, you know, you receive from the conversations and you give in the conversation. So that's kind of what we're shooting for with that. But also a time of fellowship and food. And um, we want to get in the habit of praying for one another, not from a distance, but right there physically, presently praying for one another. It's not a habit that we currently have in our church right now. And um, so we want to build that as part of our um, part of the fabric of who we are is we pray together. We don't just pray for one another from our houses, but we pray together. We pray for one another in private, in public, whatever it looks like. We're committed to one another through prayer. And so that's something we want to build, and, but we want to create the space for that. And um, just to also create the space for confession. And not necessarily public confession, but um, in a small group setting, you can go off. And if I'm talking in the corner to Rudy, I can confess stuff to Rudy. But I, can, I will only confess real stuff if I have confidence in Rudy. 
And I only have confidence in Rudy as if I know Rudy and I can trust him. And I only will do that by spending time with Rudy. And so that's the point of this group is to be able to get to know one another and spend time with one another to build a relationship, to build trust. And so we can have confidence. And then in confidence, we can confess. And in our confessions, we can pray. And in our prayer, we can, we can pray and worship Jesus and point one another back to the word of God so we can build on that. So that's the idea of it. And we can enjoy one another. We can enjoy our Christian community and, and really uh, let down and relaxed and, and um, not have our walls or defenses up so, so strongly in the presence of Christian community. We can you know, just rest in the arms of these people here and we can trust these people that they're not going to take whatever I say and run and gossip about it, but they're going to go straight to Jesus with me. You know, we, we've talked about that before, I think, is when uh, Jesus is in, that, in the house or whatever he's in and he's preaching and the guys lower the sick guy through the roof. You know, those are great friends. When he's at his worst, they take him to Jesus and they don't just go and tell everybody, oh, he's sick. It's probably because he drank too much and what, you know, they take him straight to Jesus. And I think that's what we want our church to be as well, is when someone is down, when they're out, when they're at their worst. Uh, if there's correction needed, we would definitely, I mean, that's that's what we're going to do. We're going to correct. But obviously in, in private, unless for whatever reason it's necessary to say something publicly, which is not it's very rare that that happens, but um, but but overall, we want to build people up and restore them. And, and bring, so, when people are wrong, bad, or wrong, or out of whatever, uh, we want to take them to Jesus and you know point them back to Jesus and walk them back to Jesus and point them towards Him and and seek restoration only through Jesus, not through some magical powers of psychology or whatever that we study, but through Jesus and who He is and what He's done on the cross. And so that's what we want to create in that. So the the plan is for the overflow of these newfound relationships that we have in the church. We want to reach out to our community. So we're going to do a movie night. I mentioned all this stuff before. We're going to do a movie night for our community, uh, just a place for people to come. We don't have anything for families or anybody in our community, but it's a place for families to be able to come and enjoy a movie. Fathers can take their families and for free and bring them to a movie and enjoy popcorn. And to, The people from our neighborhood do not leave our neighborhood. And if they do, it's for work or to go to the bank or something. It's almost never in family. So no one's going to go downtown and go eat at a restaurant. That's just not, that's not what happens in our community, um, in our neighborhood. We live all on the edge of the city. It just doesn't, that's not, for whatever reason, that's not, we do as a family, you know, Rudy and his, we all do, but everybody else pretty much lives in the neighborhood does not. And so we want to provide that place for them where they can spend time as a family and be together and kind of invest. And they can also invest in one another as a family. We want to put just a movie night, but as an investment, as family time and as an outing and also so they can know who we are as a church. They can kind of, um, see, you know, see the love of Jesus through us in our conversations, the way that we act, the way we treat them. We can kind of represent ourselves uh, to the community and just kind of let them know we're here. We're here to love you. We're here to serve you. Uh, we're here to share the gospel with you as well. We're, we're here. We are here for whatever you need. We're here. And so um, that's one thing we want to look forward to. Also, we're going to do like kind of an adopt-a-block type thing. We just want to adopt the two streets in our community. Again, we're in a poor neighborhood. So there's dirt, uh, not dirt, obviously there's dirt. Some of the roads are dirt roads, but there's uh, plastic and, and trash, garbage all over the streets. Um, so we want to clean, commit to just keeping the streets clean. Uh, we're also going to do a tree planting thing here in the neighborhood. There's a lot of dust in our neighborhood. There's a lot of flooding in our neighborhood. And to be quite frankly, it's, um, it's ugly. Um, and so it's kind of a beautification project, but also it's important to us. It helps with the oxygen, helps keep the dust down. It'll help with the flooding. It'll help, it'll help with a lot of things. And the trees we want to plant are, will produce, will, are fruit-bearing trees, and so they'll also give fruit and, you know, some type of, even the small amount, provision to the community. So we want to plant trees in the community, want to clean the streets up. And um, it also just puts us out, and it, it, it forces us to be amongst our neighbors 
on you know some random Saturday morning throughout the month or whatever, and uh, we can go and talk to them and visit with them and and invite them to church for sure, but but connect with them on a deeper level so that we can share the gospel with them. And so uh, that's the idea for the church for 2020. That's what we want to do. Just kind of we want those two things: basically loving uh, one another more and loving um, loving people in the community more. Those are the two. But starting with loving one another more. And um, obviously that starts with loving God more. But so loving God, loving people, serving the world. That's our vision as a church. And that's obviously our vision for this year as well. But those those specific areas we want to grow in and, and put our roots uh, deeper down in that. And, and a sincere, like in Romans 12, it says uh, sincere love, not um, a hypoc- hypocritical love, but a sincere love uh, that really does love and really does care. Not a love that says, oh, yeah, yeah, I love kids. And then goes back to their house or, or they see their neighbor and they know their neighbor's kid is being abused and they don't say anything about it. That, that happens a lot here. Oh, I love everybody. I love people. But the guy that hasn't taken a bath in three weeks, you don't want to get close to him because he, well, you don't, you know what I mean? And so we want to get to a sincere and genuine love. We want to, build, it only comes from Christ and only comes through knowing him and growing in him. And um, we want to, you know, share that love with one another, but also spread that love to the community around us. And so that's what we want to focus in this year uh, as a church. It's exciting. Uh, people are excited when I shared that yesterday. I shared those, those, um, those steps that we're going to take or whatever this year as that. And so that's exciting. want to get back to Red Roots stuff this year as well. Um, there is, there is, sorry, my nose is clogged today for whatever reason, randomly. Um, there is, there are several pieces of property behind our house that are for sale. The one directly behind our house, the lady actually just came up to us last week and asked us, do we want to purchase the property? We said, well, how much are you asking? She said, I don't know yet. Well, can't purchase something until you give me a price if it's fair or not you know so but we are interested in purchasing that purchasing that property but also the two pieces of property right next to that actually the three there's four four pieces of property right next they're on the line right so the four pieces of property right next to that two are empty and um two of them are empty and then then there's a house on one and then there's another empty lot and so one guy owns all four pieces of those property with the house and he's asking a hundred. Actually, he comes today, and I'm supposed to talk to him just to kind of see what he's thinking or whatever. So he he's asking a hundred thousand dollars for those four lots and the house, and then also he has two pieces of property behind that house directly, which would be six pieces of property from him, and then plus the other one from the lady. We could possibly, I mean, it's a dream, right? But we could possibly own seven pieces of property there, and that would give us space to um, build a, at least have property to build community center type stuff. Um, all the type of stuff we're going to do at Community Center. There's a ton of stuff. We're going to do small businesses to provide jobs and, and, and also good products here in Bolivia, but also be able to raise money to pour back into the ministry. And um, there's a lot of stuff that we want. I mean, I could. that's a whole different podcast, but there's a lot of stuff we want to do. So, But, you know, obviously the first step would be acquiring um, assets, I guess you can say, or properties or whatever. And so something we're praying about, and we're looking to take uh, steps toward that this year. We definitely want to purchase some type of property this year. And so we may be doing a huge fundraiser at some point, or we may be doing, you know, a couple thousand dollar fundraiser. I don't know. We'll see. But we definitely want to start that direction, taking steps towards that um, this year for sure. And um, like I said, I, I'm, we're having meetings. The lady from behind our house that doesn't know the price yet. In the coming weeks, she's supposed to get it um, appraised. I can't believe I remembered that word. She's supposed to get it appraised and figure out um, what it's going to be. You know, what the what the price is going to be on the property and how much she's going to sell it for. And then we'll go from there with her. Um, the other guy, like I said, he comes in today. He lives in the United States. So he's coming in today. Um, I don't know what. Oh, his, his mother is here. His mother's birthday is going to be. She's, she's older. And so he's coming to be with his mother. But also, um, 
you know, I'm going to uh, meet with him about the the property and just see what he's saying, seeing what his expectations, also sharing with him what we would, you know, um, like to do. And it would be helpful as well because there's already a, a structure on the property that works. There's people living in it. It's, you know, that's, it's, it's a working structure that we could do stuff in. We could do programs in or some type of shop or something, you know, there's a ton of things we could do, but we could office, whatever we could do. It's useful right now. And so I want to meet with him. I want to see that it's a terror. It, it, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of this step in ministry. It's something I've talked about. I've been talking community center stuff, at least in private for, what is this, 2020? So nine years. And um, in public, probably for seven years. And so, but now it's getting to the time of like, okay, you know, we're going to raise some money for this and try to get it figured out. And it's a scary step. It's a very scary step, but it's where we are. And so we want to kind of start looking towards that. Um, also, we are going to uh, be developing... We already. I, so I wrote a. I wrote a. We wrote a sermon series and we turned it into a book. It's a sermon series on faith and it's a very basic book. It's not a complete theological work on the you know the depths of faith. It's just that so people who don't know Jesus or maybe people who do know Jesus but don't really understand what faith is, they can understand it. And so we wrote it and um, we this year we want to get it translated and all you know printed out and whatever. So that's going to have its cost and stuff. So we'll be probably raising money for that as well. There's going to be a lot of opportunities to give to Red Roots this year. Um, hopefully. But um, we want to write a couple more books. Uh, there's one called uh, Materia Prima that Rudy's actually working on. And it's what is it's It's like in English, it's like raw materials. Right. Like so you had you would have wood, you would have I don't, yeah, raw materials. Right. <laughs> Iron wood. And the idea is that um, God has given us raw material. And how do we steward these things to, to make something of our life that glorifies God? Like, how do we? And so that's the idea. And there's a line of that. Actually, we have a YouTube channel committed to that. It's in Spanish. And Rudy does the videos for that. It's called Materia Prima, Raw Materials. Um, and it's committed to that. Um, encouraging people, like, and in a very practical sense, mostly, is like just encouraging people, like, uh, be on time for work. Like things like that. Being on time can take you a long ways and just, you know, very practical ideas and whatever, encouraging and whatever, trying to build a community up from that side. So um, working on that book as well. Um, hopefully that'll be done this year. Hopefully it's, a, it's writing a book is tough for people that aren't authors, but um, I imagine it's tough for authors as well, but it's even harder for people like me that aren't. And so we're going to do that. Also, we want to write some courses and instead of doing Bible studies we are doing Bible studies, but we're just not, we, we're going to call them courses. We're going to do four-week courses in our church whenever we're ready to do it, but we're going to do a four-week course on marriage. Uh, we want to do uh, a four-week course on biblical manhood, on biblical womanhood, on a bunch of different things like that, on outreach, evangelism, and so on and so forth, all these different things. So we want to do essentially their Bible studies on these things, on these specific topics in four weeks, but we want to write them out and make the curriculums out so that we can go through them and also so that we can share them with other churches and other places so that they can do them as well. Um, and it'll be in our context here for our, the cultural context here and with examples and, and point, points of view that people use here. There's a lot of materials out there already that are of good use and we could use them. But I think in a lot of the places and especially a lot of the villages and stuff, a lot of the examples are just not relevant. Um, they're, they're good for us, as, especially as Americans. And um, but are city dwellers or whatever, they're really good for us. But there's a lot of things that aren't relevant to a lot of other people. And there's some of these examples aren't relevant to our people either, but they understand it just because, you know, we live in the 21st century or whatever. But um, but there's things that could be more directed towards them so they can understand on a deeper level. 
And so we want to write and work on those materials and get those going. So that's what we're going to be working. I've been working on that, actually. I'm working on discipleship material now. It's almost done, man. I have like, it's a 12-week discipleship course meant for pastors to do with their leaders. And just to kind of, it's really to create conversation over the course of 12 weeks. I've been working on this for a long time in secret and haven't told anybody about it. But um, so, yeah, now I'm telling people about it, apparently. But I'm almost done with it. Almost. It's just, I, there's just something about, I just got to pray about it and figure it out. I'm not quite satisfied with it. But um, we'll see how that goes. Also, it's the first time mentioning this as well. I haven't mentioned this to anybody. I don't think Rudy or Melinda or anybody else knows about it. Uh, Simon doesn't know if you're listening. It's just, but I'm working on um, a, like a 30-day devotional, just 30 days in the Proverbs. But I want it to be a devotional you can kind of do over and over. And again, just practical, not to exclude the rest of the Bible by any means or to replace your Bible reading. That's not what it's for. But to, um, the practical application that are in, Pro- in Proverbs that we find in there are just inv- like there's no you can't put a price on it. And I think uh, it's very useful, especially for a new believer to be able to go through the Proverbs every month and um, just kind of read those things and apply them. So I'm going to do I'm doing like some type of simple Bible study through the Proverbs. I've started working on it, but it hasn't taken full shape. I have the idea, but but I'm working on that as well. So we have some different materials that we want to uh, finish this year and send them to print and get them printed out. And we're going to either give them away freely. That would be the goal, but we have to raise money for that. Or um, or sell them as cheap as possible, which we still have to raise money for as well. So regardless, we have to raise money for it. But that's what we're looking forward to this year. So we want to purchase property this year. We want to take steps as a church, reaching our community, um, having our feet, uh, no, not our feet, our roots deep, deep, more deeply planted in the community, more connected to the community, um, just more expressing our love more towards the community, being present in the community as a church, um, but also as a ministry, start taking the steps towards the community center. Um, so people can, you know, we can help people through that alongside the church as well. The reason we haven't uh, jumped for a community center yet either is, again, because the church, uh, we want to have a solid church community first before we get into that stuff. A place where we can invite people, where they can be a part of the community and they can grow and be discipled um, through the community of Jesus Christ. And so we wanted to do it in that order. So we're getting back to that. note. So we pivoted, like I said earlier, away from uh, away from these things. But now they're still there. And so we want to get back to that. And so when we do that, hopefully... Um, at the end of this year, next year, we can start taking these trips to these villages and sharing these materials with uh, different pastors that do work in these villages that don't have a lot of contact or help from people from the outside. Uh, just give them these tools that they can help their people grow and they can go through with their people and, and encourage them and build them up and all that good stuff. And then obviously in the future, the, the ultimate goal is to get into church planning. There's a lot of these villages that do not have, do not have churches. Um, that's, we're a long ways away from that right now. But that's the ultimate goal. We're going to build all this stuff so that Jesus be glorified in our community, but Jesus be glorified in our community so that he can raise up people and people be discipled and get to know him and they can be sent out to other places so they can do the same thing. They can, you know, make Jesus known there. He can be glorified there so people can be raised up and sent out there. And so you make disciples to make disciples to make disciples. You you work in churches to plant churches to plant churches. And it doesn't always have to be your church that's doing the planting, but you can, you know, you can combine or help or support someone that's planning a church or support a new church plan or whatever the case is. But that's what we want to do. We want to com- we just want to be committed to to the growing of Jesus, of, of, of God's kingdom, just the kingdom of God at hand. Jesus, you know, mentions that several times that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's here. It's not. And so we want to participate in that. We want to kind of um, direct all of our focuses and all of our efforts towards building his kingdom. Um, 
And, uh, and yeah, just leaving that a kingdom legacy here, not our kingdom, but his. And just, you know, when we die, we, won't, we don't want people to say, oh, Ramon was funny or Melinda was really great or she cooked well. She was a good graphic designer. We want Jesus to be the centerpiece of all that. Because one day, regardless of how much good we do or how good or bad we are at something, people are going to forget about us. They're going to forget about us one day. But when you share the gospel, when you share an eternal hope with people, that's something that doesn't die. And so our, our only hope is in him. And obviously, you know, if you're, you're listening to this, you probably already know that. But our only hope is in him. And so we want to share that hope with people so that that's the only hope that they have, because it really is. And that's the only thing that continues to spread and spread. My name, you can spread it for as long as it can. It can make it a few generations, depending on how big of a an act I do. But at some point, it's going it, to it's in it, It's not going to have any value. It's going to lose all of its any fake value that we thought it had and it's not it doesn't take you anywhere it's hopeless i'll be dead at that time so i'm useless but jesus is alive and he's 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 our hope he's the center of everything that we do and he you know he's our eternal hope and so for generations to come we hope that people by the seeds that our church and our ministry is able to sow here today we hope and pray that for generations to come that people will still be um hearing about jesus but uh, coming to know him more and be becoming more intimate with him uh and just really uh, pursuing his word and growing in him on a deeper level 100, 200 years from now um, because of the seeds that were planted by Red Roots and by LG Day, our church, and so on and so forth. We just want to be faithful to the kingdom of God and what, what he's already been doing and what he's, what he's already done. And um, we just want to steward that properly going forward. So that's what we're looking forward to this, looking forward to this year. Kind of a, um, a resume. That's not the right word. Um, I don't want a job. That's uh, like a, what's it? <laughs> I forgot the word. There's no one here to help me with the word. But just basically look a review of what we did last year. That's the word, I think. Uh, just a review looking back at what we did last year. And kind of wanted you to understand, too, of how we got to where we got to now and uh, in, in the beginning of 2020 and kind of where that leaves us. I know it's kind of a boring podcast. There's no entertainment value here at all. Um, but it's also very important uh, for you to understand what we have accomplished this year and uh what we did, what we struggled with, what we built on, and then, okay, where we're going now, what that, what, how that was necessary for us to go where we want to go uh, in, in 2020. So for wherever God's taken us and wherever he's leading us, uh, that's where we're going to go. And so we hope that you're uh, praying with us and excited with us and um, that you just continue to stand with us and, and, yeah, and just, I don't know, just believe in that God has a plan for the people of Trinidad, Bolivia, and, um, believing that he's a God, he's a God of restoration and that's what he's going to do here. And that's what he's doing through our ministry. And I don't know, we just, th we thank you for, for your interest and just, uh, for, like I said, for praying with us and for supporting us as well. And, um, yeah, thinking about us and all the efforts that all of you put in to, to, to help make this possible. Uh, this year is not, this 2019 was just not possible without your help and what you've done. And so, um, yeah, so thank you. That's what we're doing this year. I've talked enough. Um, Thank you for listening. Uh, next week, Melinda will be back. And the following week, I think, what is this? Today is the 6th. The following week, no, Simon won't be back. He'll be back two weeks from then. So, yeah, so in three weeks, Simon will be back. Melinda will be back next week. So it'll get back to being a little more enjoyable, the podcast, hopefully. But um, I think this was a necessary one as well. I think it's, these are necessary things for you to hear and for you to um, just process and think about and understand, too, about what's, gone on, what's going on because we haven't talked too much about it in detail. So here it all is. And so you can also kind of know how to be praying for this year and what to expect uh, from us this year and kind of what we're going to be looking forward to and looking for and, and all that. So it's been good. We're super excited about 2020. We're super excited what God has in store for us. We're super excited what God is doing through us already and what he's going to continue doing in our community. Um, thank you a million times over 
for everything that you've done with us and your support with us and believing in us and believing in what God is doing here, so on and so forth. So we thank you much and uh, we look forward to hearing from you soon. And uh, until next week, uh, provecho.